technology is fantastic. Technology is a wonderful thing. That we can are able to to go into all these new new uh, technologies and find out things like that. There's nothing we can't find out in the snap of our fingers. But as we go on in this journey, we realise that we have to be the masters of it. <coughs> or it so easily can be the masters of us. Thank you, Carmen, for everything you brought to us tonight, alerting us uh, to all the different, the different aspects of how technology can work and how it can affect us negatively. And we need to take that seriously for ourselves and for parents of children especially. We need to take it seriously. We're all on a journey. And uh, over, this, over this weekend, uh, it seems like every session, the, the idea of a journey has been really on my heart. And uh, it, kept, it kept bringing me back, the Lord kept bringing me back to the beginning of my journey in this particular message. And, and thinking about wh what the consequences of hearing this message has been for me. And it's been totally and utterly life-changing. You're hearing, you're hearing different, uh, different aspects of this message from us this weekend. How it started for me, just want to share this with you, because it demonstrates how one wee text can change the direction of your life. Yeah. A friend of mine sent me a text, and it says this. The story of your life is of a long and brutal attack on your heart by the one who knows who you could be and feels it. Wow. Now all of us in this room know about the battles of life. We've all fought our own battles. We all know what that's like. Some of us have fought a battle of addiction. Others have fought the, ba the battle of uh, broken relationships, pain, hurt, illness. This is just another part of that battle that I want to look at tonight. Now, inevitably, Carmen and I are speaking about the same subject. Inevitably, we'll overlap a little bit. But I'm coming at it in a little bit different direction. Actually, the name, of, the name of the session is What's in the Way? I, ch I changed it today. And I changed it. What's in the way of our rescue? Because we really need to be alerted and we really need to be rescued from the negative effects that the technology can have. And we'll look at that as we go forward. There's a battle going on and that battle, as we've heard today, is for our attention. Mm -hmm. Over the last 30 years, technology has crept into our lives. Where today our homes have become, have become technology hubs. And our lives are held in our little phone. There's virtually nothing 
that I can't do or you can't do from a phone. I can phone my friend in Melbourne, Australia. I can not only speak to him, but I can look at him live. I can transfer a million pounds into Charles's account. If I, I'll qualify by saying, Charles, I'm sorry, but I don't have a million pounds in my account. Back in 1990, I was working with the Lloyds TSB Bank, <coughs> and uh, at that particular time, the bank was introducing mobile phones to all, all the likes of me. And um, so overnight, my job and how I experienced my job changed. Suddenly, I was never out of touch. And I so valued the time in the road when I was going to see the clients, driving, just driving around here actually quite a lot, driving, enjoying the countryside. Nobody, I, nobody we could get in touch. Suddenly, all that changed and I was forever in touch. <clears throat> it used to be I would get a brown envelope a few times a week coming in my door bank business. Mm -hmm. Now the mail was arriving 24-7 on email. Head office was sitting right next to me in my car. My boss was sitting right next to me in my car. <coughs> Suddenly I was never out of reach. Suddenly those quiet hours on the road just <laughs> going forever. Soon laptops and iPads were added to the tools of my job. No more need of a postman. The mail arrived constantly. I remember a meeting I sat in at the God Channel. I was involved with the God Channel some years ago. And the tech guy was having a meeting with all the directors of the channel and uh, the, the, the other tech people. And he started to talk about something and he used words I'd never heard before. <coughs> he started talking about the information superhighway. I, was, uh, I, I, I just sat there, I had no clue what he was talking about. That was around 1990 as well. Today, the, int the, the uh, information superhighway is in all our homes, the internet. And the internet has an astonishing amount of information in you and I. Google knows our search history. Google knows our shopping habits mm -hmm. and it's, his, it's its job to grab our attention and to hold our attention. 
Just watch. You search for some new luggage for the holidays. Suddenly, pop up, pop up. This brand of luggage, this brand of luggage. Coming in from all over the world, by the way. Suddenly, you're, you're just inundated with all this, this new information about the, the best or the cheapest or the most expensive <coughs> brands available to you. Add to that other, all the other uses. The games, smart TVs, all competing for our attention. Parents, we find ourselves, and I know every parent in this room will agree, we find ourselves competing for the attention of our own kids. Back a few months ago, right in this room, uh, we had another retreat, and it was called Fighting for the Hearts of Our Children. And that was because when we were in Spain last, last summer, we really got alerted to the need to alert parents <coughs> to, to take actions within the home to limit what's happening with our kids. And that in itself is a battle. My grandson, my youngest grandson, he's 19 now, but when he was going through that stage in the early teens, it, we could never get him away from his screen. It was like night and day. Night was getting turned into day. And when, we, when his mum tried to take it away from him, it was, like, it was like you knew what you were dealing with. It wasn't just an innate piece of uh, equipment. This was something that my grandson was becoming addicted to. He, he felt he would have almost died if you take it away from him. Yeah. Modern technology, as I said at the out, is amazing. But we have to disallow it from controlling us. Recently, in our men's group that we have on a Sunday night, we did a wee experiment to measure how much screen time we ourselves we're using and I think most of us were quite shocked by the amount and we took action to cut and we made ourselves accountable to each other to cut down the amount of screen time <coughs> here's the rub here we, we can't uh, make gains with our kids with technology with screen time unless we do it for ourselves we just can't do it exactly exactly because our kids will just see through us in a second. Because the reality is, we have become much as addicted as our kids have. Uh, where am I? Even Apple was forced to admit the damage that excessive screen time was doing by having that part in their own phones that it enables you to calculate it. They were forced to do that. They did not want to do that. They were forced to do that. They had to recognise the potential for harm, and especially to the youngsters. Um, this bombardment 
of brands uh, that we're surrounded with constantly. Some eminent people uh, admitted themselves uh, of a deterioration in their own ability to concentrate. And the, uh, the ability to concentrate for longer periods. Cameron was talking about the difference between reading and taking it from, from, from a computer. I know that's true for me. I know that's true for me. It's a much better experience. For me, it's a much better experience reading from a page than it is reading from my phone, iPad, computer, laptop. <clears throat> so we, want, we don't want to see that deterioration happening to our kids either. By the way, before I leave the kid-parent thing, uh, when we did that... Uh, fighting for the hearts of our children here. What we found was, uh, I think a lot of people arrived thinking, well, they're going to help us find <coughs> ways to, to help our kids. But in actual fact, we had to address the problem that we as parents yeah. have first. So, it was, yes, fighting for the hearts of our children, but we had to look that God was fighting for our hearts yeah. in that situation. So our, our ability to concentrate being reduced and what's happening otherwise we'll, we, we are getting programmed for sound bites and you know sound bites and, and video bites. As Christians we need to look seriously at the effects on ourselves and our children. On holiday with friends last summer, I know I was observing some things with the kids. <clears throat> there was one situation where we were going somewhere and the three kids were in the back seat. All of them ranging from, let's say, 10 to 12, 13 maybe. <clears throat> there was no conversation taking place. All of them were on the phone. Here we are in a foreign country uh, with palm trees either side of the road, wildlife that was maybe unusual to us, <coughs> the phone. Communication between the kids? None. None. <coughs> There's something really concerning and worrying to me about that. <coughs> Their faces directed towards their phones. No chat, no attempt to communicate with the kids sitting either side of them. <clears throat> Later on at dinner, the conversation, there was conversation around the dinner table, and I noticed another thing, another observation about the way they were communicating with each other. Because in actual fact, what was happening, they were like firing sound bites at each other. This, and they were doing it with such conviction that they, it didn't matter whether it was truth or false. It was, it was just that they were convinced this is right. Something that got online, bang, here's one for you. Bang, here's one for you. How often, though, have we seen that operating among adults? 
In the last few years, with all the conspiracy theories that's been running around, my goodness me, they've been rife. And people defending these as if it's the truth. <clears throat> theories going around, we've fallen in love with distraction. But in reality, maybe addicted is a more accurate word. That's right. In the spiritual, this is the effect of keeping us in the shallows. Mm-hmm. We heard a little bit over the last day about the shallows. Keeping us in the shallows. When God is calling us into the deep, where we hear God's voice, it's the place where we are restored, refreshed and healed. We need, we need to occupy the right space and the space that God is calling us to. Yes, you know, we deal with everyday life. There's times that we're in the shallows and in the Midlands. But we need to prioritise spending time in the deep. I find my soul shouting out at me sometimes because I'm as addicted as anybody in this room, probably. <laughs> my my good ex friend yeah. uh, is constantly having a go. But can I tell you just between you and I? He's as bad as me. How do I know that? Because his wife tells me. <laughs> So how can we unplug from all this? From this assault on our attention and give God and ourselves the space and the time to help our souls, to soothe our souls, to heal our souls. We need time away from this chaotic world that we're in. I'll mention a wee bit about this tomorrow. But the reality is Everything in our world has been shaken right now. You know, the political system. You know, we, we would, as a country, we would pride ourselves that, oh, this is the great, our political system's the greatest in the world. There's no corruption. How many prime ministers have we had? How many chances of the check have we had? How many scandals have we had? This past 12 months no wonder our souls are saying give us a break it can't seem the financial crisis we have a, a problem filling how, how, how would you believe this we don't, we've got too many jobs in our country it can seem that we don't have a choice at times the system that we we, we seem to be living in it can seem that we're slaves to the the noise slaves to the technology slaves to the treadmill of life and yeah guys all of us we can can even be slaves to the ministry Mm -hmm. our souls need rest 
The good news is, though, we do have a choice. We can choose to switch off the noise and come into that quiet place. That's why we place so much importance in these quiet times. Because when we, I know how much this has changed my life over these past years. Going into that quiet place where you can hear God, that you can switch off the world for a wee while and allow God to speak into that place, allow deep to call into deep. We can choose to we can choose to come away from the shallows of sound bites and audio bites and video bites and intentionally wade into deeper water where we can experience the life that God wants to pour out on us. Do you know <coughs> do you know the life that God we can simply not even come to imagine the life that God has for us, wants to give us. He's the life, he is a life giver. But we settle for far less than he is wanting to give us. So, right at the out, when I was saying that little text that that friend of mine took, he sent me, here is a wee bit again. The battle that we experience every day of our lives is against every heart and the enemy of God is trying to take away our God-given potential to be all that we can be. The word of God says, the word of God says, the earth groans and waits for the sons and daughters of God to arise. Amen. There's never been a there's never been a more important time than this our day, where the people around us, our next door neighbours, our friends, our family members, need to hear the truth, need to hear words of hope. Now I know they're they're not sitting there waiting. Oh yeah, gimme, gimme, gimme. But you know, the life of God, the life of God within us, is what I try I will transmit that. Acts of kindness. We don't need to go Bible bashing. But we can show the love of God by acts of kindness. By just speaking about everyday things. The way that we are speaking about this weekend when we sit together and we talk together and we talk about what was that, what was that Derek said? That really meant something. Carmen, Elaine, Fintan. That, that, that really spoke somewhere deep in me. I know that that's the truth. <clears throat> the deep. <sighs> I remember, uh, I think it must have been last year, we, we took a group of men up to Port Van. I was talking to Charles about this earlier on. And uh, we decided we would get in the water. The water was freezing. But we went in the water and Charles, great encourager. <laughs> and I'm, say, I'm thinking to myself, listen, I'm 72. I, that, I'm, I don't want to catch pneumonia. 
but there we were. But the, 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 the picture that God has brought consistently to me from that day was this. I remember lying in the shallows and I remember being buffeted by the waves. I thought, that's what it's like to live in the shallows. Buffeted by every bit of trouble that comes your way, every challenge that comes your way. Then I moved into a little bit deeper. That was a wee bit better. But my bum was still scraping along the bottom. <laughs> and then I went a bit deeper, so I was getting towards my height. And I, I lay back in the water. Oh my. It was just fabulous. It was freezing. Do you know, Isaac? I was only freezing for a very short time. Come on, come on. Whatever happens, you know all the ins and outs of it. Whatever happens in, in your body when you do this, it, it, your body becomes warm. You become invigorated, energised. It's, it's amazing what it does even to your mind, how crystallised your, your thoughts are. It was David's hammock. That's what it was. It was like lying in David's hammock. Fully, fully supported. I didn't move a muscle. I just lay there, and I felt fully supported. God spoke to me about it. He says that's where I want you to be, because that's where you get true rest. That's where you're really becoming refreshed, and renewed, and encouraged, and healed. I came out of that water feeling like a different man. So, so I was watching them in the river today on video, and uh, I have to admit, Charles, I was really quite jealous when I saw you all in there. So the deep is a place that God has designed to untangle our souls from the world, and we can connect with our Father, with our Father God. Do you know our forefathers understood the the understood the need for quiet? Mm-hmm. Our forefathers understood the need for stillness. Our forefathers understood better the need for worship, for for fasting, for prayer, mm-hmm. and the appreciation of beautiful places. This is a place created by God, where we can truly disconnect from the world. And God knows we really need a place where we can disconnect right now. And connect with the God who loves and cares for us and wants the best for us. The fact that we are all sitting here testifies to the reality of that need. You know... You all heard about this weekend from one source or another. But the, the very fact that you're here, something caught your imagination. Something spoke to you about this need. How, how do we become resilient in this world that we are living in, in this chaos that we're living in? And the reality is, the short answer is, 
Reliance on God guarantees resilience. I want to read a paragraph um, uh, from John Eldridge's book, Get Your Life Back. And it says this, Because it's so counter to the social air that we breathe, what has become the normal daily consumption of input is numbing the soul. With artificial meaning and purpose, while in fact the soul grows thinner and thinner through neglect, harmed by the very madness that passes for a progressive life. When I read that the first time, I'll tell you, that really shook me to the core. We are literally being forced into the shallows. We've been forced into it and, try, and trying to been kept into it, kept there in that place. So we get tired and we get disillusioned and we get upset and our families suffer. We are strangers and aliens in a foreign land for sure. When I see our government introduce laws and statutes that even 20 years ago with a centre with out in the streets demonstrating, never been given consideration. But thankfully, we have choices. We don't need to accept being kept in the shallows. And we are free to make choices to venture into the deep, to remove and replace the things that keep us in those shallow places. Going deeper with God in prayer and in quiet times or caring for our souls, getting enough rest, switching off the technology. Do you know, one of the things that that we've noticed uh, about uh, these retreats is when you come away from them, they last a long time. The shelf life is really long. So much so that Derek and I went to our first retreat in Colorado in 2017. Everything I heard over those four days in that retreat is still active in my life. And right in the centre of that is the need to take time out and sit before God and allow him to speak. It's central. And I would say, I would say to you, if you go away from this weekend with nothing else, take this. Make this quiet time before God your central practice. It will change your life, I promise you. I'll be telling more stories, practical things about how it's changed my life, how it's changed my family. The things that God has told me to do in those quiet times, I've done them. Uh, the dividends that I, I was talking to David this morning at breakfast, and uh, he really touched my heart. This man here, because he was telling me, he was telling me about the difference in his life, and he says, "I've written a poem, Vince. Do you want to hear it?" So I said, "Yeah, yeah, read, read it." And he read this beautiful poem. 
and he says to him, have you always been a poet, David? And he says, no. He says, it only happened since I come to Christ. Mm. Now, the reality is, that creativity was always there. Mm -hmm. It's always there. God is a creator God, <coughs> and he does not make anything other than creative people. Yes. The creativity in this room, honestly, is amazing and astonishing. The reality is that 12 people changed the world. Yep. There's 30, over 30 in this room. I believe we're in a pivotal moment in this nation, in the nation of Scotland that I love. And I believe that if we really take God's word to heart in this and allow him to build the poten his potential in us, we can see our country change and see the, the direction that this country is taking changed. So, here's, here are some thoughts to consider. Coming to the end now, I think. Yeah, I am. Carmen uh, brought out some questions at the end. We'll look at that up at the fire if you decide to join the fire. But here's some thoughts. Practical wee snippets. Turn the phone off, let's say at 8 pm, and do other real <coughs> things. Cut your screen time fast from social media. Don't go to your phone as soon as you are, uh, you're awake. Uh, I'm guilty. Mm -hmm. my, my phone is my bed companion. I heard a story the other day, by the way, uh, of a young girl who slept. The phone was in the pillow next to her pillow, and it was charging all night. The battery exploded. And did serious damage to her. She ended up in the hospital. I, I had, I did not know that. And I'll tell you, that phone is not in the pillow next to me just now. Um, well, it actually is because I'm here. <laughs> but it wouldn't be at home. Okay, where am I? When your phone goes, gives alerts, don't react immediately. Make it serve you, you don't serve it. Get out and about, get fresh air, take a walk, look at the trees, listen to the birds, go cold water swimming with Charles. Appreciate beauty. That's one of the things, do you know, we can, we can walk through life for weeks, months, years and, and never look at the beauty that surrounds us. We live in one of the most beautiful countries on earth. I've been privileged to travel all over the world, but I'll tell you, I've never seen a more beautiful sunset than you see off the west coast of Scotland. <coughs> Have real conversation. Switch the telly off. Especially couples. Switch the telly off. And talk together. Pray together. Ask God to let you see your plan for the next year. 
It's exciting. Be creative. Learn new things. But most of all, create new space, time and quiet for just you and God. Because he has lots to say. That's one of the things that I'll touch on tomorrow again, but one of the things I've discovered in this process is that God had plenty to say to me about every single angle of my life. For me individually, for me as a father, for me as a husband, for me as a grandfather, for me as a great-grandfather. I know I don't look that age, (laughs) but I am. So I just recently became a great-grandfather. Thank you. So finally a question to add to Carmen's. So where do you live? Where do you live? Are you living permanently in the shallows? Or the Midlands with your bum scraping along the bottom? Or are you in the depths? Are you in the deep? Are you, are, are you in that place where you are hearing from God? directing your life he's able to give you the questions those questions that are running about your head right now what am I going to do with that boy of mine mm-hmm. what am I going to do to repair the mess that I'm, my family's in what am I going to do about my working situation what am I going to do about my finances <coughs> so finally and it is finally. If we're not in the deep, we need to ask the question, why? What is getting in the way? Right back to page one, the name of it tonight, what is getting in the way? For me, we need rescued. We need God to rescue us from that, and that's what all of this is about, just to try and help us uh, be alert, be awake to the realities that we're now living in and take actions that will make our lives better. Thank you. Thanks, Vince. Thank you, Carmen, for the research and pointing these things out to us. Um, the, before we come in here tonight, it's worth actually telling we're all sitting in prayer and quiet, just like what Vince is sharing and what Cameron was suggesting as well. And Martin got on a clip for a movie. It was utterly profound. The scene from The Matrix, when Morpheus is in, in absolute captured by evil. Remember, the agents have got him in a chair and he's, he's no getting out. And, and, and Neo and Trinity... Uh, they, 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 this heroic rescue get up the elevator learn how to fly a helicopter I mean they, they, they storm very heroically and, and, and uh, capture uh, release, get them out mm-hmm. now the context is what's in the way now for me it's utterly profound what's in the way for us all we're talking about the strength that prevails this resilience, this living in the depths 
And this is what's in the way for all of us. But we, like Morpheus, some of you don't even know we're bound. We're sitting with chains on our arms, chains on our legs. We don't even know it. We're unable to move to that place. So dependent on these things. Uh, so, you know, that, that was something that we felt was important to raise. And there's questions for us to ask, honestly, before God. Wait a minute. Because there's revolutionary actions required in every one of your lives. I'm learning, for, for looking at John and that, and what they've been doing over in America. It's profound. They're taking emails off of phones. You know, they're, they're, they're no longer having these things dominate their lives. You know, they're no longer having a screen. And you're like, oh, that's pure radical. But look what it's doing to us. Look what it does to our ability to have that flow of life, uh, you know, uh, flow. <laughs> yeah. You know, and our children, and the things that Vince is pointing out. That's real, yeah. you know. So, uh, that vision about the rescue, it was, Vince didn't know that before he changed the title. So let, just keep that in your mind. Uh, do I need rescued here? Is this in the way of me receiving this? That I don't want to just leave here and it doesn't last in me. I want I leave here and I go back to the same old coping mechanisms and same entangled in the same way with my technology. You know, just to medicate or what's really going on. No, I want I want the real thing. I want the freedom that God's offered. Um, that scene for Braveheart. They're saying to him, where are you going? They're why he's fighting bicker or you know, all the things are the, the, the scrap for Longshanks table. He goes, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and invade England. And they said, What? And they said, There's a difference between me and you. You think your position exists to provide uh, to to provide you think your positions exist to provide you to provide you with power. I think your position exists to provide these people with freedom. And I'm gonna go and fight for you. I'm gonna go and make it happen. And the thing is, that spirit is the same for in our hearts. That you're actually saying, I, I, I have to be awake and go, is that what's happening? What's in the way here? Is that what's going on? And I, I, I have to have that same fighting spirit to say, I, I'm, I'm going to go and make that happen. You know, I want that. I want that more than, the, the, you know, uh, than just going back to the same kind of slavery that I live in. We have to, we have, to have the desire for it. And as I say, we're a thirsty bunch. We're, we're, we're here. You know, we're desiring and longing that, for that God's life in us. You know, so that, that's, the, that's the, the, the message. So we'll, we'll go up to the fire pit. It's a lovely night. If anybody doesn't want to go, that's fine. It's only up the top of the hill there. Get some <laughs> teas. It's, uh, have you been up? No, it's too cold outside. Too cold, Simon. Okay, man. What is he eating? The sandals I haven't got a pair of boots on. This has been the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. 
If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighters.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighters.life. Until next time, God bless you.